Good morning, everyone. With me is Juno representative Andy Story. She's on the line. Uh, good morning, Andy. Good morning, Kevin, and good morning, everyone. <laughs> well, Andy, let's get right to it because we wanted to know your reaction about the Anchorage School District weighing whether to close schools due to a budget deficit they're facing. I um, am really feeling for them. These are very uh, painful uh, situations to be in for their community. And we've seen this coming. I was really crushed when we did not make sure the BSA was inside um, the foundation formula because we did it $57 million in outside funding. And so because it's one-time funding, now they're having to plan for next year's budget without that money. And as you know, we have been underfunding education. Uh, the, the $57 million was a 4% um, increase in inflation, and the $30 that the REEDS Act had for the BSA is less than half of a percent increase. So it is a terrible situation they're in. I hope that when the session starts, this is the first thing that is addressed so schools across the state can know what their number is going to be. I know I've heard people talk about how important schools are to families and uh, to it's an economic issue. Our businesses want us to be keeping up with um, providing good schools for everyone. So very concerned and I'm really feeling for that community. Yeah, and I, I know there's others. Yeah, I, I had read for them that this just closing six small elementary schools alone for them is just but 5% of the deficit they're facing. But you're hearing other schools are facing similar situations? Well, we know because we've been flat funding since 2017, and we had a lot of testimony during the House bill hearing for uh, 272 and 273, which was increasing the base student allocation, that many schools... Um, are really hurting and they need to have more certainty earlier. So uh, they're going to be some difficult planning uh, for communities this fall because they are working on only a half a percent increase. Mm -hmm. And that $57 million, which was actually a $232 BSA increase, now it goes down to 30 and that was one-time funding. And with uh, our COVID relief ending. And remember, uh, the governor vetoed $30 million in 2020, and he backfilled it with COVID relief money. And so the state money uh, has not kept up. And as a result, this has just got to be, uh, you know, front and center when session starts. You know, I had, I had wondered about your proposal during the last session about keeping the funding with inflation but given that we given that that train's already passed for the past uh i believe it's been tw since 2016 it's been 5900 uh since 2017 since 2017 i i would wonder if that would be how you would climb that hill all in would you climb that hill all in one go to catch up with inflation i that's what i was thinking about your proposal 
Right, and it was not, it was only a 4% increase. Um, and inflation since 2017, uh, gosh, uh, let's see, since 2017, I want to say it was 10%, but I'd actually have to look at uh, information to make sure about that. Um, and so we had only asked for 4% because, remember, this is for your base operations. This is for fixed costs that go up because we knew um, if we asked we knew that Alaska Reads Act was getting a lot of attention, and we wanted to save some money to um, be used for that because we knew that was important, early literacy, and so we didn't want to ask for all the money. We thought it would be realistic to ask for what we did, and schools were testifying that that was not enough, but it was uh, something that uh, I felt that we could get over the line and it just did not happen. And obviously, people are out there right now talking to their communities. And I think this will have a lot of uh, support. And and so how would you say you would want to, in other words, tackle the issue next session? Would you want to tackle it from the inflation side or at least catching up the funding? Well, when we uh, calculated the number of the 232, we put the 30 million back into the BSA that was vetoed, and then we did inflation proofing based on an average of three years, because that helps when you have really a spike high, spike in inflation and low inflation. And so uh, we can look at other things. Uh, I don't know if you're aware of it, but the power cost equalization program, schools do not benefit from that. Communities do with the high cost of energy, and that, again, is based on geographic cost differentials where you are. And if we added schools to that, some of our rural schools, their education, their energy costs are just sky high. So there are some strategies that we can do to make some uh, difference in some fixed costs so we can make sure we are not taking away from the classroom. And we also need to look at, you know, fixing teacher retirement. And that is something that is affordable. We had a couple of bills, Grier Hopkins bill, where we actually would be saving money by returning to uh, defined benefits. Again, it is a shared risk defined benefit program. It's not going back to uh, what we had before. It's a new tier five, um, and there's shared risk between that the employees share as well as the state. So our own actuarials from the state said that this is a program that uh, we, uh, Alaska could afford and give uh, defined benefit to teachers, which will help retain them. So there's several strategies um, that I think are things that once people are looking at the numbers, they'll see that it makes sense. And on the same topic, we, we spoke about education funding with Representative Hannon earlier this week, and she had mentioned that there was the previous previously earmarked education funding for not this school year, but I believe the school year after, and it was tied to oil prices, right? Mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. could, you, could you explain, get us up to speed on that and what the legislature agreed to at that time? 
Uh, with the high price of oil at the end of session, we agreed to forward fund education for this next year. So the it's cost one point two billion, and so we had funded this year and next year's with in the budget. It said if the price of oil stayed at this one hundred and one dollar level. Well, now we know the price of oil has gone down significantly. Um, in the 80s, and so now we have forwarded funded about 700 of that funding, and so it's not everything that we need, and we um, are going to have to make some tough choices about priorities, and again, we do not know what oil prices are going to do. But the courts did say that a legislature can fund up to two years of education funding if we appropriate it in the same budget year. So for fiscal year 23, we forwarded funded education with $57 million outside, and then we put our intention to fund next year. So the idea was when people were planning their budgets now, we had the money for that. Again, they're having to budget with $57 million not in the budget because that was not forward-funded. It just said it was one-time money. Mm-hmm. And how would that, at the end of the day, impact a school district, would you say, in their budget planning? Well, as you know, Kevin, serving on the school board, if we started this school year knowing the money that for sure that we were going to have, we can plan with certainty Uh, Right now, school districts are starting with last year's number, um, and um, they know that, I mean, they're starting, they funded fiscal year 23. They funded this year, Mm -hmm. so they know what they can do. Now they're projecting for fiscal year 24, and they're having to project with the $57 million cut, plus we know inflation you know, it's less inflation that they need. So they're going through right now with all these scenarios. The legislature is going to start our budget planning, and we're going to be taking testimony, and we're already hearing things from people, and we're going to, I would think, there's going to be a desire not to have those significant cuts to close all those schools, to lose all these services. So then in May or when we finalize our budget, I think there'll be an increase. But we have, in the meanwhile, we have put the whole community through a tough time, um, being so worried about what we're going to offer, not knowing if, you know, just not knowing what to plan. And then if we come in at the end and say, yeah, we're going to fund it, (laughs) everyone's exhausted, they're relieved, and then they got to go to the next year and start planning for fiscal year, the next fiscal year in the fall, not knowing the number. So yeah. I'm not sure if I'm making myself clear, but uh, well, we, I mean, uh, schools uh, really need two-year funding. It, yeah, I'm, I'm I'm recalling from my time, there was a time where there would be a program you would add one year and then due to the level of funding the next year, that new program or teacher or position you created would then end up on the chopping block. Exactly. So and that, Anchorage, uh, and so yes. I see what you're saying. Yes, I know Anchorage, they have been working hard on their reading interventions, which we've all been concerned about literacy, and they had testified that not 
with having flat funding and there's increased fixed cost, this intervention we started, we have to stop it because we have to pay our fixed costs. <laughs> we want to keep our class sizes what they were before. And so what's the first thing to go? This intervention that we have started to help, you know, students grow in their learning. So it's really hard to plan for success, plan to change up what we're doing. And as you know, um, most districts' personnel is 80 to 85 percent of their costs. And most districts, they have cut all, you know, years ago, uh, administration. You know, that's always the first thing to go. As a school board member, you want to make the cuts farthest from the classroom. So districts are in a pinch because they've cut all what some people, I mean, anyone would call extra. And we are just into the nuts and bolts of education. And we don't want to, and not doing a lot of the things that are really important for kids. And with that, we'll take a brief break. We'll be right back. And we're back with Juno representative Andy Story. On another was a letter penned by Senators Kawasaki and Wilikowski to the Attorney General asking to investigate price gouging at the pumps. We wanted to know your thoughts. I very much support uh, looking into that. Um, I know our price is, you know, in the $5 range. And I know uh, just traveling recently, it was 360 um, at the pump, and we really need to understand why our prices are the way they are. And there's there's laws. What are you typically? What is typically considered, I guess, in law as price gouging? What what triggers that? Um, I am really not sure of all the specifics on that, but I know there are entities that really investigate that. Now, right now, we have going the merger possibly of Safeway and Fred Meyer, and the Federal Trade Commission has come in, and they are doing an inquiry uh, to make sure. They're kind of like an antitrust watchdog to make sure that... um, the competition, um, looking to see if they're creating um, an anti-competition practice, and it's really raising the food prices if this merger were to happen. And so you have a group going in um, and, you know, asking for information. It's not a legal, uh, it's not a criminal investigation. It's just looking for good information. I know with the Safeway and Fred Meyer, uh, they have 45 days to respond to the Federal Trade Commission. And there, again, there's, you know, watchdogs out there, federal watchdogs that can help in these situations. I see. So that's, so that's an example of when an entity is in a process like that. Yes, Uh-oh. very much so. There are, um, uh, uh, agencies who do that. Gotcha. And there was another announcement uh, on, on another topic. There was a announcement from the Forest Service recently. They had announced some new recreational cabins for Tongass and Chugach, and some of the resource actually the resources are coming from the federal infrastructure bill. We 
wanted to know your thoughts on that announcement. Again, you know, we have our outdoor economy in Alaska is like seventh in the nation. People like to come here. We like to recreate. Um, I think it's welcome. I know that they're taking public comments on where they are doing uh, these cabins. I know that uh, we have cabins that we need to maintain, too, when we go out to Eagle Beach and some of our popular Saturday cabins, things that we can just drive up to. The riverbank is eroding, and we have, uh, you know, the uh, Parks and Rec looking into uh, these other needs that we have. So I'm glad we're getting this, these new cabins, but I also don't want us to lose sight that we have deferred maintenance in our current cabins to take care of. I mean, the announcements coming out regarding this infrastructure bill have been really interesting alone. So I, I wonder what the topic for the funding is going to be for the next session. Do you have any thoughts? Uh, well, partly, you know, a lot of the funding is for the infrastructure bill is coming out of the Department of Transportation, like 90% of it. And so there are projects already identified through the department um, that uh, need to be worked, airports, harbors, bridges, roads. So I just met with uh, Rory Watt probably three weeks ago now looking to make sure we had um, you know, they're looking right now at the projects that they want to make sure are going to be listed on the STIP, um, that they will uh, be ready to go because we get a billion dollars a year into Alaska in these next four years, and we want to make sure that we are using them smartly. I know for the broadband right now, the federal government is mapping out uh, every uh school, every public building, all the areas and communities that have broadband and trying to identify where they're not. This is a requirement before they can come in and start spending the money. So there's a big process happening right now in many areas. And as we move forward, to me, it's starting out slow, but the idea is to make sure we're doing it right and smart and again, we are fortunate that how much money is going to be invested in our communities in these next couple of years. So very I'm very optimistic about the good things that we're going to be seeing. Well, as we're wrapping up here, Andy, I had wanted to ask how you're feeling about the Huskies playing, to, <laughs> playing tonight. <laughs> Yeah, I want to keep the suspense exciting. up. I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah, yeah, very fun. We're so proud of um, our kids and how well they're doing. And I believe, um, uh, and we can watch it tonight if we're not up in Anchorage and going to the is it the high school sports network? I think you've got that listed on KINY uh, Network dot com. Yep. Um, so I'm hoping people can uh, tune in, and I'm really excited. And, you know, it's been a tough time for our community. I've just been heartbroken on the loss of Hunter Frederick this last week and of Saul Neely, um, professor, a former professor at UAS. Um, oh, we just had, you know, losing Faith Rogers. I mean, there's so many things. And so, um, you know, our hearts are just with those families 
and uh, so you know it's an emotional roller coaster, and then we have this you know fun event too. So um, that's how life is, but life can be really tough at times. Thank you for that. Yes, the condolences to their families. Andy, is there anything you would like to add before we close out here? All I'd like to say is, you know, 465-3744 is um, my number, and the goal of being a representative is to be in touch with people and know what your concerns are. And you can't represent people well if you're not hearing from them. So I'd like to hear your concerns. And again, November 8th, voting. Vote, vote, vote. Everybody needs to vote. It's really important who will be leading statewide our um, our fiscal planning, uh, our essential services, our permanent fund dividend, all these questions. We're influenced by who we send to the capital statewide. So please be talking to your friends around the state and having them ask good questions of people who are running. So anyway, thank you, Kevin, for uh, your work and um, and goodbye to everybody out there. <laughs> thank you, Andy. And yeah, and also a reminder, the deadline to request an absentee is the 29th if you need to do that. So thank you, Andy, for being on this morning. Thank you. Take care.